Brighton Talk Sex, the sex education we never had at school. You're listening to Brighton Talk Sex. Sponsored by She Said Boutique, bringing to you the finest selection of designer lingerie, burlesque fashion, adult toys, and erotica. Welcome to Brighton Talk Sex. And today I'm with Sophie. Hello, Sophie. Hello. And I invited you along because I was really being, um, really being in love <laughs> with your whole journey of where you came from, with how you're relating to your body, to where you are. Yeah, now. it's so. been quite, quite a journey. Um, I still, I'm still kind of a little bit bamboozled by it in a really, really wonderful way. Mm-hmm. So, can you explain to us where where you were? Sure. Um, so, kind of going a long way back, um, I had really severe depression for most of my teenage years, mm-hmm. um, and uh, off the back of some trauma and. Um, and I, and, you know, within that, I tried, I self-harmed, I tried to kill myself a few times, and I really, really hated myself, and I completely disassociated with myself, um, and that led to a lot of self-sabotage, um, self-abuse, um, and then I went, got into my 20s and started to kind of realise my worth a little bit, but still not really, again, more and more, like, abusive or toxic relationships um throughout my 20s and then I got into my 30s and it was kind of time to really take stock of myself it it was almost like a little voice in my head was saying you're worth more than this And, Mm -hmm. and I always had a feeling like I had something here I was here for a reason like I had something to bring and and I wasn't ever going to do that if I didn't first connect with myself mm-hmm. so in the last year and a bit specifically the last year it's been this process of coming back to myself um, and part of that you know has been really taking care of myself look, focusing on my relationship with myself how I speak to myself how I relate to myself in terms of my femininity mm-hmm. um what I put into my body, um, stopped taking drugs, stopped drinking alcohol. Um, and then it, it got to a point where I felt like I'd really done a lot of work, but there was something still, something that I couldn't quite reach through my more cognitive style of therapy that I'd done a lot of different types of therapy, but most of it involved needing to go into the subconscious and the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. And it felt like there was still some residual trauma in the body. And I felt like I was more in my body, but I definitely didn't feel like sexually connected. And like the idea of sex actually just terrified me. It was kind of becoming like something that I did because I wanted to prove that it wasn't that I would you know that this fear wasn't going to like almost like you know when you fly but you hate flying but you make Mm. yourself fly anyway the whole time you're gripping (laughs) you're gripping the seat and you're like please be over it was kind of of like that a little bit um so I so that was when I got into in touch with you which was um beginning of this year and was sort of like I'm, I'm here in a space that I feel ready now to 
to do the work well, or to, to let my body do the work. It was like the, my brain had had enough or done enough mm. and my body then needed to be, to, to have its time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we, you know, as, as you know, we've been, we worked together, been working together um, mm-hmm. and that's been just a really amazing process of just coming back into my body and reigniting my sexual power actually feeling like I have some sexual power mm-hmm. and and it's been amazing because it's not just been about sex at all it, it's been about my creative power it's really grown and, and feels like it's growing all the time and all these amazing people keep coming into my life who all want to be doing projects with me and believing in you know these visions that I'm having now much stronger than ever before and believing that I can do it has been a big part of that as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's not something I expected. I thought I really I thought I I just need to move through this trauma blockage in my body so that I can mm-hmm. enjoy intimacy. But what I've got from it is actually intimacy with myself in a much deeper way than I ever expected. Mm. And that's so ridiculously delicious that none of the rest of the external stuff doesn't really feel um as important anymore no so if we can rewind a little bit how how did you know it was your body that was missing what were the telltale signs for you that made you realize that it was your body that you were disconnected to oh I don't actually know Exactly. So how did it come to you? That it was your body that well, was then? it was. I I knew that I was disassociating in some way, although I didn't even really know that disassociating was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I was. I knew that I was escaping from from myself whenever I felt stressed or under pressure. I would just kind of go upwards almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really, there would be times when I didn't really feel like my body was my body. Um, and that was a lot worse when I had severe, when I was severely ill, but I still didn't really feel like embodied. And people would talk to me a lot about grounding and about being present in your space. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't get it. Or I just didn't fit, my energy always just felt like it was quite chaotic and buzzing like, around my head. Mm. Um, and so, and then it was kind of like thinking about that, exploring that sort of space, but then also Tantra just started to come into my world all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I would see it all over everywhere. And you also came into my world a lot. Like you would, you came into my mind quite a lot. You came into like my, like just on Facebook or like, it just kind of kept showing up for me. Mm-hmm. I think it was about maybe a year and a half after I first started looking at, first first looked at your website that I really made the move. But I can't really say that there was one thing. It was, it was like a, it was more a feeling mm. than anything else. Um, so how do you feel now? How does it feel to be in your body now? Like, it sounds really weird, but it's like, I can feel all my body now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like I'm Thanks sitting so. here and I can feel my legs and I can feel my, like, sac- sacral chakra. Like, it feels like it's, like, pulsating with energy. <laughs> and it doesn't feel like there's anything blocking it. Like, it, like, mm-hmm. feels like there's a channel. 
And the energy, if I was to say where it feels like it's stored, is much more in my base than it is in my head. Whereas before, it was always very much like top heavy. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing my sort of spiritual practice at the beginning, I thought that was what I needed to do. I thought, you know, spirituality is all about being in your head. And, mm. and now I know it's all about being in your body and being grounded. Mm. So I think that's maybe the difference is like when I'm walking, I feel like I'm walking when I'm and and funnily enough, like now when I'm not present and when I'm kind of overstressed or I'm not spending enough time alone and doing the things I know I need to do to feed myself and connection, connect with my body, silly things will happen. Like I'll hurt myself or something like Mm. really near bad hurt that is not great, but could be a lot worse. And I always think uh, my body's telling me like it wants some yeah. attention. <laughs> so how do you love your body? Um, so we've worked together on uh, jade egg um, mm-hmm. and heart yoni um, uh, breath, which mm-hmm. I do a lot. I do every day, often even just when I'm walking or even on the bus or something. <laughs> um, and every morning I wake up and I ground myself and I imagine that there's roots coming through my feet and um, mm-hmm. one of the things that we discovered was that I haven't I haven't historically had a great relationship with my feet mm-hmm. so I, I talked I talked to parts of my body okay. um like one of the one of the examples I, I cut my fingers you can see that mm-hmm. the other day <laughs> uh, because I was disconnected from mm-hmm. myself and to kind of get through the pain of it because it was quite bad um I just had a little chat with my fingers (laughs) I was just like I acknowledge you like I know I'm I'm sorry (laughs) and I acknowledge you and I know that you're hurting and it was just it was I was just I think I've gone a bit mad (laughs) but it helped it the pain genuinely Mm. went away and that's also something that I do now when I get you know I used to get a lot of back pain now I very rarely get back pain and it's if I do I think I mean I acknowledge the pain and I ask what I ask my body what it's trying to tell me mm. and then importantly for somebody who's always on the go I make space for it to actually answer and to listen to it yeah whereas before I never I didn't want to hear what it had to say I was terrified mm. of what it had to say and I think, and I think I've also been terrified of my own power for a really long time as well. Mm. Um, There's something I've noticed with most women that actually there is a resistance to stepping into our power, and there's a fear. And I think that's kind of a collective consciousness thing to fully be in our bodies, to fully be in our power. What does that look like? Yeah. And maybe there's a hesitance to not go there. Yeah, because um, my God, like that power is is intense. Yeah, but it's it's but also that's our beauty. Yeah, no, it's a be- it's amazing. How we show intense. up in the world. It's an amazing intense. But I think, yeah, sometimes I've noticed there's a resistance to women to fully go there. And I maybe it's because we've you know been told that that is dangerous. That's mm. that's the rhetoric of the patriarchy stay small yeah stay small Mm. don't take up too much space don't Mm. don't push the boundaries or don't be hysterical and you Mm -hmm. know and and we're you know we're carrying 
the trauma of, of, our, of our sisters who've come before us. And it was actually dangerous for people and women in the past to, to stand in their sexual power. They'd be locked mm. up or mm. put in an attic, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's amazing that we're in a space now where we, that, where that danger, not obviously not for everyone, mm. but in our cultural place, we are in this really privileged space and it's amazing to see that that we are waking up to that because it is I think it's our duty for those who are privileged enough to be able to take that to be brave and to stand in it and to and if we want our men to be men then our women have to be women yeah it's kind of a it's a catch-22 thing yeah we need to be there ourselves yeah and we and we do have a we have a we have a big job to do, I think, to mm. be raising our own and our, yeah for our daughters, etc. Yeah, mm. exactly. So, what practically do you do for your body? So you've spoken energetically. So practically but on a practical life, daily so life, daily life, and um, so using JDAG, mm-hmm. um, which. I've been talking to a lot of my friends about mm-hmm. um they're all super interested as well um and that's been really amazing even just in terms of trusting my body like I was really scared at first that it was just suddenly it was going to get like swallowed up and like <laughs> lost. lost in that <laughs> um <laughs> but you know that never happens um so there's that, um, mm-hmm. which I'm still in the process of making more time for. Um, I uh, One thing that really resonated with me that you said that we can all do, really simple, but it's like when you're in the shower, rather than just scrubbing my arms and just being like, you know, practically I'm just getting clean... I like take the time to be sensual about it mm-hmm. and I invest in really lovely organic body scrub that smells amazing and feels amazing and the same with beautiful body lotion and take the time to really caress my body mm. and really appreciate it. It's just slowing down to your, give your body the uh, knowing that it matters. Exactly. And you know, like, I mean, I... I I personally, I've I've always kind of wanted someone else to, you know, appreciate my body and give it that sort of love and attention and even just the slight caress from somebody and mm. just a, a, a presence of, of appreciation. And then I, giving that to yourself and not relying on it coming from external places. Mm. Um, you know, it's really funny. I also, uh, like, dress up in, like underwear for myself <laughs> like <laughs> dance around my room and just appreciate my like sexy gorgeous voluptuous body and mm-hmm. and before you know I always had because I used to be really overweight and I think I still have that sort of overweight mentality um even though now I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in I still think of myself in that way mm. and giving my body appreciation for all of what it is and and all of the amazingness that it it does just being a body it's not about how it looks either Mm. um is also part of that too Mm. just taking time I think 
I'm smiling because I'm, I'm looking at you. It's just, um, I remember talking about being a well-fucked woman. <laughs> yeah, and, um, I remember that. Yeah, and then it's not because we're being fucked all the time. It's just because <laughs> we just, you know, you can, a, a well-fucked woman is in her body. She's like a glass of rich red wine. And yeah, just to see you looking like a well-fucked woman. <laughs> And I know you're not getting any. <laughs> yeah. Um, the to, irony. <laughs> yeah, compared to how you arrived in that kind of, not particularly in your body, and in, instead of a fearful place, there doesn't, yeah, fear isn't present here at all. And that's, that's really beautiful. Yeah, it is. It really, it really is. And when you said that, I just, it's like when you first told me about how you feel like a well-fucked woman, mm. I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, how now? <laughs> but I totally get it now. I totally get it. Mm. Um, yeah. It's that Bridget Jones smiling down the street for no goddamn reason. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. right. Oh, yeah. 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 And not because anyone is making us feel that way it's how we are feeling on the inside to be in our body and in our sexuality it's like you said it's not from the external someone touching you it's how you're touching yourself it's not someone giving you permission to be in your body it's you giving you permission to your body yeah it's, it's very empowering it's amazing and like and it it does feel like a homecoming because it is a homecoming <laughs> yeah and for me, you know, 31 years of, well, like, I think, well, I was three when I was, when I first, when I first was sexually abused, and that's so young, and mm. it's three years old to just, at that stage, totally disconnect, it's just, like, and that would, that's my whole, like, life, mm. life in that space, mm. and I think as a result of that, I, coming from that space was just attracting the wrong kind of person into my life as well, and perpetuating it yeah and now it's like being in in like being in my body it feels like a solid space that I'm just like nope 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 to like any kind of negative energy because mm. it feels like precious like and I, I feel like I want to protect myself now in a way that I maybe didn't know how to in the past so it's the boundaries isn't it that you know at yeah. such a young age, boundaries were walked over. Yeah. And and I think that's another beautiful thing about the, what you're sharing here is that often if there's been some sexual trauma or any kind of trauma, it's kind of, then that's it, we're broken for yeah. life, we're untouchable for life, we're unlovable for life, and that's really not the case. And yeah. When, when you actually feel that for yourself, it's just such a wonderful like wonderful oh. life changing yeah and it's totally yeah and it's totally yeah. transformational we because don't have to believe that bullshit that that's it for life something happened and then that's it for the rest of our life no exactly we, and we have a choice and we can choose mm. we can choose to love ourselves enough that we it like, that none of that actually matters anymore and and I think that was a massive realisation for me at the beginning of this whole journey was when I just suddenly realised that everything in my life, all of my adult sort of trauma and stresses had been created from a space of I'm not lovable 
Mm. And so therefore I was creating patterns without realising it that were feeding my belief that I wasn't lovable. Mm. And it was just like, boom, mm. oh my gosh, like everything comes down to that one belief. Yeah. And then I thought, oh God, how do I fix this? Because it was like a really deep rooted belief. And then that's been the kind of, that was the sort of instigator for the whole journey of, mm. you know, how do I come back to myself in a space of love? Well, and you said the self-sabotage, and often if we've been sabotaged in such a way, then we will continue that sabotage. Yeah. Um, through drugs, drink, yeah. food, whatever that may be, toxic relationships. Yeah. So and then we wonder the why the pattern keeps happening, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, not obviously not in any way blaming myself for it, but I did mm. create the pattern over and over again because of because of those beliefs. Mm. And I think that's something really important for anybody who's listening who feels like they've had another arsehole coming into their life or mm-hmm. they're just stuck in the same pattern over and over again. I'm not saying that the problem is you at all. I'm saying you are the power behind it. Yeah, there's And a equally choice. you can choose to be the power behind the absolute other mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. And that's that was the best realisation that I ever had, was that it was all a choice. Mm-hmm. And no one gets to decide your destiny for you. No. And um, can I ask what maybe, was there a turning point for you? Can you remember when it just suddenly, was there a clicking point? There was a several clicking points. Um, the first clicking point was when I was about 19. Mm-hmm. And I was just on like the road to complete ruin it was like everything that I could possibly do um to destroy myself I would and luckily I've always been a high achiever so that side of myself kind of also was there so I never I never like I was always succeeding in like at school at university all of these things Mm -hmm. which kind of made it not so obvious to people on the outside that things were really going awry internally but I was just getting myself involved in some really dodgy stuff and I just had this sudden moment where it was like you have a choice like you either continue down this path of excess drink and drugs and bad boys and you know Mm -hmm. just just not giving a shit about anything or you choose to be well And so at that point, I made the choice to be well, and that was the process of getting out of depression, which was a long and difficult journey. Mm. Um, And then it was, there was another point where I, you know, I had this really traumatic breakup, and I was like, kind of looked at my life and was like, why, why have I allowed myself to be, why am I in this position? And it's like, I've allowed myself to be treated in a way that, was not okay for a really long time what was that to do with and that was all because I didn't believe I was worth more than that Mm. so then I chose to go on a journey to find Mm self-worth and through that journey then there was the choice to stop drinking which was a huge huge pivotal moment for me because alcohol was just constantly bringing me back into self-destructive patterns like I'd kind of get two steps forward one step back and it was Mm. impacting my relationships my business my family like everything really um because it is so insidious that sort of thing like toxic relationships with anything 
mm. including substances, really seeps into every area of your life. Um, so then there, that was the beginning of this year, was the choice to stop drinking. And then the space opened up to make the choice to deal with the residual trauma that was in my body because I suddenly mm. had more money because <laughs> I wasn't right. spending <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of pounds on alcohol every month. Um, and then I had more courage mm-hmm. and it took a lot of courage to come and see you because it was, I was terrified of what might come up. Mm-hmm. And, and as it turned out, actually I was very, I, you know, it was a safe space and you helped me deal with it and process it in a way that wasn't overwhelming in the slightest. But I didn't know that I thought it, it would be, I thought it would maybe send me all the way back. Um, and then, yeah, and then it comes down to just choosing every single day mm-hmm. to choosing to love myself and put myself first mm. and choosing choosing to see myself for who I actually am and not for the stories that I've created for myself. Mm. I think that supports the, it not being overwhelming, that actually if we look at the, how, the, to look at this on a day-to-day thing, so it's a conscious choice every day to choose yourself, not, yeah. you know, this is a lifetime thing. It's just like I'm showing up today. Yeah, and, and some days you don't day. show up and some no, days and that's you okay. feel like shit and you need to stay in bed mm. and you can't even face no. uh, opening your phone. And that's like, yeah, that it, and it's just okay to feel how you feel. And mm. that's another thing as well. Is, that's when hobnobs come out. Yeah, all the hobnobs. <laughs> no, I, and I actually now I, I I kind of embrace those days because they're they're humbling actually, yeah. and also like it's not supposed to just be like a giddy like ooh like yeah. buttercups and lollipops no. and skipping down the street like life isn't like that and human beings aren't like that and so you know I used to be terrified when I would have a day where I felt like the ceiling was crashing down on my head and I'd try and pretend like I wasn't feeling that way and I'd push it down and hide it away and now I'm just like you know this is how I feel and that's okay and just let it kind of feel into it and let it pass how it needs to pass Mm -hmm. lovely yeah it's a wonderful (laughs) thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah I just wish everyone could see your face but hopefully they can hear it your sparkle in your in your yeah. voice and you know what's so lovely for me as well in terms of how the people around me are perceiving me now is like people comment all the time about like my 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 kind of light and they a lot of my friends and, and my mum would, would say to me that it was like they could see that there was a light in there but there was like a something covering it like a you know it was like mm-hmm. a like a lampshade that had a, a blanket thrown over it you can see there's a light in there, but it's being dulled by something. And now they, they say like that the, the, the blanket has come off and I'm just like, um, hello, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, ta-da. Ta-da-da. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's that whole thing of just uh, like listening to you and looking at you. It's beauty as well, that beauty is naturally something on the outside that we uh, force our body into. It's actually... A beauty is something inside that radiates out because you know all of your skin is glowing, your eyes are glowing. Yeah, you're yeah. glowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was talking to you, I was talking to this um, wonderful woman that I've recently connected with about that exact same thing of like mm. your internal 
light shining outwards mm. and you can be the most you know objectively beautiful person on the outside but if you're in you know if there's no one in if there's yeah if the light's not out if the light's gone out then mm. you can it you know it's you can tell mm. yeah yeah it's a naughty twinkle in the eyes <laughs> okay Wait, on that naughty twinkle note. <laughs> <laughs> Embracing the naughty yes. twinkle, yeah. <laughs> you journey well with your sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what the next phase is going to have in store. Mm. Yeah, considering sexuality, you know, you were saying to me before we started that um, sexuality, the thought of it or the feeling of it was just really not on your radar and now you feel yourself as a sexual being with a sexual nature. Yeah. And here you are as a well-fucked woman. Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Watch out. (laughs) Thank you, Sophie. Thank you. You have been listening to Brighton Talk Sex. Audio hosted by Michelle Roberton. For more information, please visit brightontalksex.com.